Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Hey, it's so good to see you. So glad to have you. Uh, my name's Chris. Uh, like Diane was saying, I'm on staff here at SCC. And, uh, you know, I just want to welcome you, especially, you know, if you're our guest today for the first time. We're really glad you're here. And uh, we're in the, kind of in the middle of a series called I Love My Church. Do you guys love your church? Yeah. Amen. I love my church. And I'm, I'm so glad that uh, I get the honor and privilege of coming out and speaking uh, about how much I love my church. The first week we talked about uh, connecting. You know, we connect with God and his family. And then the second week, uh, we talked about growing. We grow in God's character. We talked a lot about that last week. Pastor Jeff had an incredible message encouraging us to read our Bible and continue growing our prayer life. And uh, through doing so, we grow in God's character. Well, today, I get to talk to you guys about serving in God's church. Now, before you kind of turn off, let me tell you something. Serving it is where the growth really kickstarts. You know, you start growing when you start reading and start praying and start studying. Uh, but when you begin to serve and truly put together, grow and connect in the same thing, I mean, your life will explode. And, and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean, in a great way, you'll begin to make connections and friends and you realize that you really have people that support you in your walk with Christ. And uh, you know, I wanna share something with you. Did you guys know that on any given week, we have between 250 to 300 volunteers. Now, these people are, they're here of their own volition. You know, they're here just serving. We, that's how many people it takes to make the Sunday morning services happen. Did you guys know that? Depending on what's going on at the church, you know, especially if we were to have like a chorus concert or a big uh, community outreach, 250 to 300 or more every week to make this happen. Now, I want to do something. Because I really want to say thank you, and I think we should all say thank you. If you have served here at SCC at any point during this year, would you just stand for me, please? Any point during the year at all. Wow. Amen. Can we say thank you? You guys can sit down. Um, that, that is so incredible, 250, 300 people. And, and you may have noticed, like, especially if you're our guest this morning, you may have noticed on the way in, there were people greeting you in the parking lot, looking out for your safety, you know, with the, the bright vest, you can't miss them. But they were out there doing that and smiling, they're happy you're here welcoming you. When you hit the doors, more people are doing that. And then you, you hit the sanctuary doors, more people are doing that. The kids check in. We are so glad you're here because we have provided an experience for you to meet Jesus. We've, we've provided an experience for the community to come in here and meet Jesus and learn about him on their level, be it, be it toddlers uh, all the way up to, to uh, you know, high school, college, and then adults and marriage and relationships. Whatever your level of, of learning is, whatever level you can learn about Christ, we've kind of molded that together. And the, and the way we've done it is those people that were just standing up. And we couldn't do it without them. 
So thank you so much to all the servants here. You know what? Jesus modeled, Jesus modeled service as well. Um, his, his, uh, his first miracle, and I know we're kind of weird about this here in the South, you know, uh, but his first miracle, he turned water to wine. You know, he was the honorary maitre d' at a wedding, if you think about it. Okay, they ran out of wine. He's like, got y'all covered. It's, man, that's how I read the Bible. Like, in my mind, that's how those people communicate. Um, there's also a lot of explosions in my mind when I read the Bible. But anyway, so I, I turn everything into an action, like, comic book movie or something. But that's, that's me. So, uh, you know, that, but that's what happens, you know. When people, go, when people go out of their way to serve other people, it leaves an impact. And that's what we're talking about today as we talk about serving. Uh, another thing that Jesus did, he probably did one of the most humbling things that I could think of. The most humbling things that I could think of, uh, and, he, in, in a way, and he served his servants. Okay, now, Jesus washed his disciples' feet right before he died. And here's the thing. You may think, you know, well, Chris, uh, they had on nice, clean tennis shoes and nice, brand new socks. It wasn't that bad. No, they wore like pieces of animal fur with leather straps around it, okay? And they walked in the desert and they didn't have washing machines to wash those sandals. Now you imagine, if you could wrap your mind around that, what it's like to walk in those shoes and what your feet would probably be like after walking in through dust, dirty, dusty streets all the time. If you can imagine all that and then imagine the creator of all things incarnate as a man getting down on his knees and washing his servants' feet for them. That's service. That's service. That's what, it's, that, that's what he modeled to us. And it was, he did it because it was so important for us to understand that we have to serve others. Amen? Amen? That's why he did it. The first thing I want you guys to write down today, and this is the point. Listen, if you don't get anything else that I say today, please get this. And that's that every act of service in God's church is significant. Every act of service be it checking the restrooms to make sure they're clean in between the service, be it shaking somebody's hand, be it driving the golf cart, or God bless the people that work with small children because I can't do that. Well, I don't want to say that I can't. I could. You don't want me to. That's what I mean, okay? And I can say that, and you're like, Chris, you don't understand. No, I have a small child. I can't work with small children, okay? But you know what? I would if God called me to. If I felt like God had called me to, I would. You would ask God to stop calling me. But... I would if I was called to. The Bible gives us another example of someone who, who is a servant and who has a servant's heart. And that's John the Baptist. It's a relative of Jesus, so you know, maybe they played in the sandbox together. I don't know. But, but whatever the case, I like to think that a little bit of Jesus, when he was young, a little bit of that mentality of, of being a servant passed on to John. Because this is, this is what happened with John, okay? I'm gonna give you a little backstory. It was his job. He was born to tell people that God was coming. The kingdom of heaven was coming. The Lord is on his way. John would then go and spend his entire life preparing a way, as we'll read in a moment, for people to have an authentic, genuine experience meeting the creator of all things. That's what John's whole job was. And while you may not think that everything we do here is significant or everything you do is significant, what you're doing when you say hello to somebody, you might be the only smile somebody sees this week. I hope not since they're here. <laughs> they see a lot of smiles. But you might be the only one they see. Or you might be the one that changes, that, that changes you, you guys know those fights that happen on the way to church. I don't know why, but most big arguments happen on the way to church. 
I do know why. Because you're going somewhere, uh, you're going somewhere to worship, and our enemy does not want us to do that. So he's going to put whatever he can in your heart and whatever he can in the passenger seat to mess up your morning when you're on the way to church. But here's the thing. When we begin to serve, we begin to grow. And when we're growing and connecting, uh, that your life will just explode, and that's what we're going to see happen in John's life. Let's start out here in, in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 6 says this. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. That's a fun name if you're thinking about naming your children. Fun name, Abijah. Uh, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were, and get this, righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commands, commandments and regulations. These were John's parents. Okay, so before he was born, they were laying a foundation for him. That's what you do when you, when you bring your toddlers, when you bring your preschoolers, when you bring even babies, when you bring your children, when you bring your family, nieces, nephews, cousins, whatever, when you bring them here to learn about God on their level, whatever level that may be, you're laying a foundation. And we'll see what happens in John's life because of that foundation. He will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. It's a huge Old Testament prophet, one of the biggest ones of all time, okay? Uh, he will have that spirit. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. That's what was said about John before he was ever born. So I'm gonna, I want you guys to write this down. First thing. Growing people have a genuine desire to serve others. If you've been here for the first couple weeks of the series, and you've already learned about connect, and then you've learned about grow, because we connect, grow, serve, share here, that's our entire mission, because it gives people an opportunity for a better life. But growing people have a genuine, authentic desire to serve people. Now, you might be thinking, well, Chris, I, I've never really thought about serving others before I got into church. Well, let me tell you something. John had this desire before he was born. This desire was planted in his parents and that desire would then go on to be transplanted into John. And I believe that each and every one of us was born with that exact same desire. But here's the thing, we live in a sinful, fallen world. And I believe that over thousands of years that sinful, fallen world has watered down the desires that God put in our heart from eternity past to eternity future. I believe that it is our culture, our society, you know, blame it on whoever you want, but I believe that so much sin in our lives and so much temptation and so many distractions, those are the big ones, okay? Distractions can be worse than temptations because distractions, I've always heard, you know, the devil just wants to make you sin. He doesn't care, if, you know, yeah, sure, he wants to make you sin, but here's the thing. When you are distracted, you're not doing what you were created to do. And it, he doesn't need to make you denounce God. He needs to distract you from worshiping God. And that's completely off topic, and I don't know why I said that, but maybe somebody needed to hear that this morning. Growing people have a genuine desire to serve others. Just as the prophet Isaiah had written, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Now, I need to explain to you guys this morning, uh, especially in the times we live in, things are very uncertain. We hear a lot about are the end times coming, and there was a great message uh, Pastor Jeff did a few weeks back 
uh, in our previous series. I would, I would encourage you, you know, if you're curious, to, to go online, sccview.net, okay, quick plug for the website. But no, it's for you. Because if you're wondering, you know, what is this end time stuff all about, go to the website, scroll back, it's easy to find, it's called Are We Living in the End Times? I want to encourage you to do that. But what, I'm, what I want you to know this morning is there's a difference in the uh, pre-Jesus parts of the Bible, in the Old Testament. When people would say the Lord's coming, they were talking about a Messiah. They were talking about uh, a politician. They were talking about a ruler. They were talking about a general. Okay, They were talking about somebody that was going to come in and free them from the oppressive government that had been beaten down on them for, for as long as anybody could remember. And when he got there, nobody recognized him. When he got there, nobody knew that it was him. But they were waiting on him. They were waiting for somebody to come in, and they didn't realize that he wasn't necessarily coming to save their property and possessions. He was coming to save their life in a way that they could have never imagined. But here's the thing. He came to give them an experience with him. He came to meet and save them. Somebody had to tell them. Somebody had to prepare the way. That's what we're talking about this morning, and that's John. The messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Now here's where things get interesting about John, especially from my perspective. Remember the way I said I read the Bible, you know, it's in like 5D or something. Um, his clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist, for food, he ate locusts and wild honey. I've never had a friend that liked bugs. Not enough to eat them, dipped in honey apparently. I've never had a friend that wore camel's hair. Now notice something, and, and I'm going to leave this with you and you can think about it, okay? Um, it didn't say that some of his clothes were made out of camel hair. It said that his clothes. So I, in my mind, John is a very uncomfortable man because every article of clothing on his body is made of camel hair. Okay? It's not a good time. So, everything he's wearing is made of camel hair, but here's the thing. In my mind, I visualize him as like a character from Duck Dynasty, right? He lives out in the middle, <laughs> he lives out in the middle of nowhere. Um, he's got this huge beard in my mind because they probably didn't have, you know, a lot of, of uh, Mach 3s around back then. So, he's got this huge mangy beard that's probably like got honey. You get what I'm saying, okay? He probably needed a bath, okay? That's John the Baptist, though. And here's the thing, it doesn't sound like anybody that any of us would want to go to lunch with today, if we're honest, okay? But people went out to see him and be baptized by him, despite the fact that he was teaching something a little bit different than what everybody else around him was teaching. You know why? Because they knew he had something powerful. They knew that he had something that they just had to find out about. That's why they went out to see John. Despite their preconceived notions about what John was, who John was, what John did with his free time, and why in the world he was dressed like he was, despite all of that, they knew he had something powerful to say and they wanted to be a part of it. You know, a lot of times, all those people that were standing earlier when they served, and I can tell you from experience, at least half those people have been asked by their family, you know, you spend an awful lot of time at church, what's that about? Or, why can't you, why can't you go to the game with me on Saturday? Well, we have an event at church, I'm sorry, I just can't go. You know, most of us that serve have heard that at some point. But here's the thing. We know that there's something powerful in the message. And when that is displayed in our lives, 
It doesn't matter what people think about people who spend all their time in church. The only thing that matters is that they know that there's something powerful going on and they want to get out to the Jordan River and hear what you have to say through your actions. Amen? Amen. Y'all are way louder than the last service. Amen. Okay, but they went out to see him because they knew he had something powerful to say. I want to challenge, you know, they knew he had something important to say. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you're here and you're thinking, you know what, Chris, that sounds pretty cool, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm saved. Like, like John was telling people to repent because Jesus was coming and, and the Lord was coming. I don't know if I'm saved. But we, you know what? We have a prayer. It's in your program. I'm not going to read it aloud, but it's in, it's in your program right there on the message outline. And if you would like to, to experience, if you would like to take part in meeting Christ, you can ask him into your heart for the first time this morning at any point during this, the message today. And this is the only thing I would ask. This is the only thing I would ask. Because this is such an important decision, we want to make sure you have the resources that you need to start your walk with Jesus. We want to make sure that you have everything you could possibly need. So I would just ask that if you pray that prayer today, and I encourage you, I really do, I can't stress this enough, it's the most important decision you'll ever make. And the fact of the matter is, 2,000 years from now, two million years from now. Like I said, I don't know when the Lord's coming back, when the end times are. I'm not going to even try to guess. But it could be 2,000 years from now, two years from now, or two seconds from now. I try to live, and, and I'm, I don't always. Notice I say I try to live. I try to live, and I try to make it my goal to live every single moment of my life as if he's coming back the next. Amen? Amen. That's, and notice, I didn't say I always succeed. I try, though. That's what I want. And if you take that step today, I think it's the first step on your connection card. It says, I'm choosing to become a Christ follower today. So if you take that step and you pray that prayer today, I just want to ask that you'll, you'll turn your card over and check that in and turn it in later. We'll be praying over you this week. I promise. We'll be praying over you and we'll be there to help you the whole way. Second thing. Second thing. And this one is going to sting a little bit. Second thing I want you guys to write down this morning is this. Life and church finally begin making sense when I realize that it's not about me. Not about me. I'm going to let you guys write that down. I'm going to let you guys do something this morning that some of you have been waiting your entire lives to do. Okay? I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, it's not about you. It's amazing how much y'all wake up when I let you do that. See? All right, now do something again. Turn to the person that was like your second best option and tell them it's not about you either. All right, now with that being said, inside your program this morning, inside your program this morning is a ministry partner opportunities sheet. I'd like you guys to take that out and look at that. What this is, is all of those positions I talked about, and you may be thinking, you know what, Chris, that's enough volunteers you don't need anymore. And I will tell you this, most of those people are doing more than one job, and they would appreciate all the help we can get. Most of those people would appreciate all the help. I would appreciate all the help we can get. So with that being said, on the back of your connection card, the second thing says, I will take a step and sign up for a ministry. And that's what this sheet is. Now, it's funny, several years ago, um, there was a song that said, I don't want to talk about you, I want to talk about me. And it was kind of a selfish sounding song, really. You know, it's like, I'm tired of talking about you all the time. 
it was the song, I think, from a husband to a wife, I think is the idea there. But listen, listen, we don't really think that way, women. But this, the point of the song was, I don't want to talk about you, I want to talk about me. You guys heard that? The Toby Keith song, okay? Country song, sorry if you don't like country, but that's, that's what it is. Um, so as you look this sheet over, and as you take the next step to, to do it, for anybody in here who doesn't want to sign up for the sheet, I have a song for you to listen to while everybody else plays the... Uh, wanna talk about me, wanna talk about I, wanna talk about number one, oh my, me, my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. coming did you <laughs> not at church on a Sunday morning did you no you didn't but here's the thing uh, I don't, I don't want to beat anybody up who, who wasn't standing earlier but I just want to know you have an opportunity to serve and, and really stretch and grow your faith and, and become more like Christ so I really hope that that you took that moment you know and didn't just sing the song because I did hear several of y'all singing the song and some of y'all sound like you could be up here in the choir and then some of y'all okay so Take that next step with me today. Sign up and, and get serving, get involved. It, church means so much more when we realize it's not about me. It's about God and it's about them. It's about the people that don't know Christ. That's what it's all about. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And this happened on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit came down. Uh, and, and became indwelt in, in the hearts of man, the hearts of believers and followers and Christians, and, and they had power to go out and preach the gospel to the nations. But back to our narrative, Matthew 3.13 says this, uh, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all, we must carry out we must carry out that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. John agreed, okay, as a man to baptize the human incarnation of God. John agreed to baptize his Savior. You just think about that for a minute. What do you think must have been going through John's mind? We know a little bit about it. And he was like, I'm not worthy to do this for you. But John, we'll, you know, we'll see. John did it. And I guarantee you, because of John doing that, we have a model of baptism. We have a model of following Jesus. Because John served beyond his comfort zone because he got out of what he was comfortable doing. Because he didn't make excuses. Because he didn't think that what he was able to offer was so insignificant that it would never be enough. Even if that was in the back of his mind, he did it. John served outside of his comfort zone. A couple weeks ago, I went to Myrtle Beach. Uh, took my family on vacation. And uh, let me rephrase that. A couple weeks ago, my wife and my son Christian, um, they took me to Myrtle Beach. Because I don't like the beach, if you know me. I love the ocean. I love the hotel. I hate the stuff in the middle of the two. I hate sand more than anything, okay? I really do. But, so we, they take me to the beach, okay? And um, 
So we get there, and, and our, the place we were staying for the week had a, a water park built onto it, okay? Now, if I don't like the beach, I can dig water parks, but here's the thing, and this is so cool. Uh, if on the third floor of the first tower, or the third tower, pardon, on the third floor of the third tower, if you had a room on that floor, you could walk out of your room, walk just around the corner, and take this enormous, like, million mile an hour, I'm probably exaggerating, but that's what it feels like, uh, this super fast water slide all the way down to the pool and the beach. How cool is that? Way better than the elevator. Good luck keeping your towel dry, but hey, way better than the elevator. Here's the thing, though. Um, we were in, we were on like the seventh floor or the ninth floor. It was one of the two of the first tower. So there was a lot of walking involved. There was a lot of work involved. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, my wife did this a couple times. My wife Jessica did this a couple times. And um, her, her doing this is, if you think about it, it's a lot more funny than me doing it. But when, when you're in that first tower, you have to walk all the way other, over to, to the other one and drag this whitewater-sized raft up five flights of stairs to get to the top. Okay, so not quite as convenient now, is it? Okay, so I had to drag it all the way up. But here's the thing. My four-year-old, I was doing that for him. I wasn't doing that for me. I hated every minute of it. Kind of. Because when we got to the top, and we got to the top, we finally dragged this raft that was like this tall, and I'm only this tall, so the raft was this tall, and I'm dragging it up these stairs. Little kids are running around me, like trying to trip me or something, and, and so I get to the top, and I'm like, okay, all right, this will be safe. You know, it was a huge enclosed water slide. What's the worst that could happen? And uh, so you put the raft down, and the heavier person has to sit in the front. And since my son's four, and he was just at the height marker, they wanted me to sit backwards. I'm a control freak, okay? I am. I do. I control everything in my life. Every, and, and, and I try. That's, that's my goal. It's, I, I try to control everything and, and have a lock on everything. But here's the thing. When we get to the top, there's a raft. There's me. There's Christian. And there's a teenage girl talking on her cell phone with one hand. She's running this, by the way. And she holds the raft like this. Not even give me the whole hand. She gave me a couple fingers on the edge of my raft. And at this point, I'm looking down a dark tunnel. Well, actually, I'm not, because I'm backward. I don't know what's ahead of me. Looking down a dark tunnel, my kid's got the biggest smile ever on his face. He's like, Daddy, we're going. And I was like, yeah, we are. And the only, my entire life is literally in the fingers of a high school girl on her phone, on her summer job that she doesn't even care. She didn't even care that I was in the raft, let alone my safety. As out of my comfort zone as that was, what I have to tell you, though, is when we got to the bottom and sitting backward and watching my son's face the whole, he wasn't even holding on like he's supposed to, okay? He's my son. He's breaking rules. So he's not holding on nothing. He's out there, wow, you know, and I'm like, and the whole time because I'm like, well, if he falls forward, I got to catch him, and then who catches me? So we get to the bottom, water goes everywhere, and it's still the biggest smile on his face. And here's the, here's, here's the point of the story. This is why I'm telling you this morning. When you do something outside your comfort zone, there's nothing like knowing the effect it has on somebody else. When you serve outside that comfort zone, and whatever those fingers are that are holding your raft back today, you can let those go. You can sign up to serve in a ministry. Whatever those are, be it a high school girl on her summer job that doesn't care you're there, or be it some friends or some family members that think it's weird that you want to actually get involved in your church. Whatever that is, I want to challenge you this morning. Because it's not about me. It's not about me. 
The next thing I want you guys to write down this morning, number three, we preach the gospel through our actions when we serve. We preach the gospel through our actions when we serve. I was trying to decide this week how I wanted to share that with you. And I don't think I'm the right person, so would you take just a moment and watch the screen behind me and listen to the story of the Prathers? Hi, I'm Jenny Prather. I'm Christy Prather. We're the Prathers. We've been attending Stockbridge Community Church now for about a year and a half. And today we would like to speak to you about serving. The way we serve here is uh, we put pens in the back of the chairs on, after the Sunday morning service. We also come in on Wednesdays and do the shredding of uh, Connect cards. And we do bulletins, help the bulletin team on Friday mornings. We enjoy doing the bulletins um, to get to connect with other people, and um, it's just really fun. Enjoy doing it. When we serve here at the church, we feel like we are making a difference. We're connecting with other people, and uh, it gives us a feeling of ownership. We replaced the pens in the uh, chairs, and we thought it was just, you know, a little task, but it makes a big impact on people. We've realized through serving, it's not the job that we're doing. That doesn't matter how big or how small. It's who we're serving that makes the difference. The example that was put before me by my father was the first one of the first examples that I recall of the importance of serving and the dedication that people can have in their service my father at the church that he was attending uh, not long before he passed away they had a, a church bus church ministry and the bus was uh, broken down and my dad knew that that bus needed to be fixed because that ministry was very important to God's work. And in the pouring down rain, his pastor looked out, didn't even know that he was there, and seeing that my father was in the pouring down rain under that, under that bus, making sure that it got repaired and that that ministry would be ready for Sunday morning. And that showed me the importance in being dedicated to service. My dad made a big impact in my life uh, in his desire to serve the Lord and do service work, and my desire is to pass that along to my daughter. I feel like I'm getting closer to God um, through all my service that, I, that I've done, and I feel like that I can witness to other people too you know that I've been through things that you know I can help you through uh, I would encourage you to be dedicated and serve with a happy heart
Amen. A happy heart. I want you to do something for me this morning. Most of you guys are in arm's reach of a pen. One of those pens in the, uh, the chair. You know, the ones that everybody steals. Okay, uh, could you just hold that uh, pen up for just a second? I want you to know that regardless of how insignificant you think that pen is, and keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Uh, over 110 people have used those exact pens that you're holding right now to mark down on their box, on their connection card, that they received Christ into their lives this year. Somebody had to put those pins there. What you do matters. Amen? You can put the pins down. Amen. I want to thank Jenny and Christy for that, that testimony. You know, they, they didn't think it was that significant, but every, every single act of service in God's church is significant, and we have to remember that. It's so important. So important. We have a memory verse this morning that, that you know, if you could just take home and, and really work, this is one of the most powerful things that, that I could share with you today is this. John 13, 35 says this, your love for one another will prove to who? The world. That you are my what? Your what for one another? Oh, I got the last service with that. Y'all did good. Y'all went back to the first part. Good job. But your love, when we serve, it is an act of love. People got here at seven something this morning, not because they want to. I got here at 7.30 this, this morning. Okay, so what I'm saying is you don't, you know, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, okay? But when you start serving out of love, when you start serving people because people matter, people matter to us because people matter to God. And that's why we serve them. I have a bracelet that, oddly enough, the one time I'm ever going to probably mention it on stage, I forgot to wear this morning because I was in a rush. But it's a bracelet that reminds me of this every day, and it says, love God love people, serve the world. I try to live that every day. Love God, love people. You know, Jesus said those are the most important two things that you could ever do. Love God, love people. And he modeled that we should serve the world. That's what he did. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. When a follower is obedient to what our father has instructed us to do, you'll never convince me that he's not looking down saying this. He's bragging on you to anybody around that'll listen. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. These are my beloved children whom I'm well pleased. We have another next step. And it's the last one for the morning. If you've not done so yet, I want to, to prompt you and challenge you and urge you to take the next step just like Jesus did. Because as Christians, we follow him. As follow, you can't follow anybody if you're standing still. We are followers of Christ. We take steps. And that's this. I would like to, be, to get baptized next Sunday. And we're offering it all three services. I just want to encourage you, whether, whether it's something that you've never done or maybe you did it uh, when, when you were a little kid because somebody said the word hell and you were terrified, you, you, you signed up and you were baptized, whatever the case, it's an outward expression of what God's done inwardly. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to take that next step. Later on in scripture, Jesus would tell a story. Many of us have heard it. It's called the, the, the parable of the talents. Um, Jesus gave different talents. Now, if you translate this into modern times, Jesus gave different abilities. Jesus gave different skills. 
Some of you guys are, are awesome, and, and you're, you're real people. You know, you're, you're a people person. You know, you are an awesome people person. Some of you guys, not so much, but that's okay. Some of you guys are real people person, and you, maybe you should be serving in a way that you can be hospitable. You can, you can uh, greet people. You can encourage people through your smile, through your happiness, and through your enthusiasm of what's going on here. Because what we do when we serve, like I said earlier, you, like John the Baptist, are preparing people to meet Jesus. You're preparing people for an opportunity for a better life. We're connecting, growing, serving, and sharing. And what we do through that, give people an opportunity for a better life. You're preparing the way for that to happen. That's why we serve. That's the whole reason. The master in the parable gives talents to both, to, gives, gives talents to, to his servants. Some servants he gives a lot. Some servants he gives a little. Just like some of you have a lot of abilities. Some of you have a lot of skills and talents that you're already sharing in the church. Some of you, maybe you have something that you feel is just not significant, but you've learned today that that's different. So the servant that I'm about to talk about, that's not going to be you because you're signing up. But what he tells the first one, I'm just going to paraphrase this, uh, the master tells the first one that took his talent and he hung on to it and he did nothing with it. He called him wicked and lazy. Wicked and lazy. Now, I'm not calling you that. Like I said, now we know that everything is significant. We can do that. We can get involved. We can function that way. This is what he said to the one that did what he had expected. This is what he did to the one who did what he expected. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will set you over many things. And here's the big part. Enter into the joy of your master. Don't you want to enter into the joy of your master one day? That's, that's worth being excited over. Do you guys want to enter the joy of your master one day? Yes. Amen. And I got to tell you, when I enter into the joy of my master, for him to say, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, well done, good and faithful servant, there's nothing better that anybody could ever say to me. That's what it's all about. That's what living moment by moment, expecting for any moment for him to be back. That's what being a follower of Christ means. That's what it's all about. That's why we serve in God's church. Your life is ultimately the greatest testimony that you will ever preach. Amen? The way you live when you're outside these doors. I'm not talking about what happens when you're sitting in here. The way you show the world that you have a servant's heart. The way you tell people, the way you show people that you're connecting. You're growing, you're serving, you're sharing. The whole moniker of I love my church. When you show people that, they begin to feel that. And just like John the Baptist, they know that there's something important that they need to know about. How much greater would that testimony of our life be if it's a life like Christ? lived with a servant's heart. Amen? I'd like to pray for you guys if you would stand with me this morning. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for the honor and the privilege of being a part of this church and being able to give your word this morning. I thank you for all the hearts that are changing and all the servants' hearts that are growing and for the fire that's being lit in all of our church, across all services, be it at home or right here in the building. I thank you so much for the changes that are happening in lives right now. I thank you for those who are accepting you into their hearts for the first time and are being filled up with your spirit right now as we speak. I thank you so much for anyone who's taken that next step out and is going to be baptized or is going to start serving and is going to be obedient because one day when they meet you face to face, you're going to be able to tell everybody around this is my son, this is my daughter, I'm well pleased, well done. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.